0: go ahead and get started good evening everybody uh apparently alex is having trouble with video but
1: uh <laughs> no
0: <laughs> intentional but uh intentional right so blunty will not be joining us this evening um he is uh kind of wrapping up a big move um so he's still getting kind of acclimated sure to... he
2: he could show up for bardwell on the news last night but he can't show up for us
0: huh? i think he's still in a little bit of uh shows where we rank yeah well you know what
2: (laughs) they get uh, a few more viewers on the other
0: channel yeah smidge right but uh rest assured he's still part of the team and a very valued member of our team so uh no stress there but we do have dave alex and dan as well as myself uh this evening and obviously first and foremost on uh tonight's uh news hold on Let me actually share my screens here. Let's see. Should be the right one. And we're going to go for better text. Is the corrupted file that's to blame for the FAA aviation stoppage that delayed thousands of flights. So just in case the thousands upon thousands of canceled and delayed flights over the holidays didn't phase you. Um, Today was a complete stoppage where thousands of flights were again canceled um, due to the notices, the notice to air mission system, um, which sends pilots vital information they need to fly. Um, A corrupted file affected both the primary and backup system. And the FAA is continuing a thorough review to determine the root cause of the notice-to-air missions, uh, system outage, the agency said in a statement. So, in case you're not, uh, kind of up on the air missions, that's the new gender-neutral terminology. It used to be notices to
2: airmen. Yeah, I'm really um, surprised at how quickly that uh, been adopted by a lot of the news agencies right. and everything. And the FPVFC was on the tasking group that helped recommend that. <laughs> hey, <Right>. Dave!
3: <laughs> yeah, I led, I led the, uh, the research team. We, uh, it was uh, I was the one giving uh, the writers uh, the proof points as to why uh, this is important, and uh, it's worth a read. The uh, uh, the two women who uh, led it and presented at the uh, at that, uh, If you're uh, anywhere uh, uh, in the planet uh, and you're uh, you have a relationship with a woman in any manner, uh, this is worth reading. It's important. <laughs>
0: So our preliminary work has traced the outage to a damaged database file. At this time, there's no evidence of a cyber attack. Um, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg said earlier in the day that officials had not completely ruled out the possibility of a cyber attack, but so far there's no direct indication of any kind of external or nefarious activity. One of the questions we need to look at right now and one of the things I'm asking from the FAA is what's the state of the art in this form of message traffic? Booty Judge told NBC News Andrea Mitchell, and again, how is it possible for there to be this level of disruption? Uh, President Biden ordered an investigation after he was briefed on the situation by Booty Judge. So yeah, uh, it's
3: an incredibly wonder. You you wonder if they go if they go after and uh, you know try to fix the uh, the IT side of this. If someone, it's going to dawn on someone that these things are nearly unintelligible, and then they're going to go after, after tars and uh, it, TARS and METAFS, is that it, uh, Alex? So, I mean, there's a whole string of systems that are just so outdated that we have to learn when you take a part 107. And, of course, yeah. you have to learn if you're a private pilot or a commercial mm-hmm.
0: pilot. Let's see, it's an incredibly complex system, so glitches or complications happen all the time, but we can't allow them to ever lead to this level of disruption, and we won't ever allow them to lead to a safety problem. The FAA lifted the ground stop at 8.50 in the morning, um, and normal air traffic operations began resuming gradually. But by then, airports across the country were already crowded with frustrated travelers and a backlog of flights. So how long
2: was it down for total? Let's see. I was, yeah, I was, yeah. yeah.
3: I I saw the news on, it was around 5.30 in the morning, Eastern. So, but I don't know how long it had already been. It, said uh, it started there
1: around ten eleven 11 last night. Okay. Yeah. No, goodness. But, so,
3: but I don't think that's
1: when they started pausing flight or holding flights.
3: Yeah.
2: So at least a good eight hours, right? So explain Uh, quickly why they would have to pause commercial flights because the NOTAM system was down.
0: So uh, from what I understand, um, the NOTAM system is what advises pilots of several things. It could be um, adverse conditions. It could be other flights in the area. It could be um, airspace that's been shut down for one reason or another uh there's a whole host of different things that the notice to air air missions uh system uh kind of complies right. with and right. and not, this is also not we,
3: not yeah. weather but any yeah anything uh in the uh, uh on the uh on the airport uh in the sky uh, on in other airport other aircraft uh vip uh situations sure. so, so for some link amount link PF, for something of
2: time, for some amount of time things don't change and it's not a big deal if it's down but eventually it builds up to be right. uh, there's enough that's changed out there that people need to know about right and there were mm-hmm. plenty
3: in the uh, in the news saying that this was the air traffic control system which of course it is not
1: mm-hmm. this is a
3: a separate system um based on uh fixed characters uh <laughs> spitting out uh, effectively teletype type of uh communications around the the country.
0: So as of noon more than 7300 flights within to and out of the US were delayed according to the online flight tracker FlightAware and more than 1100 flights were listed as canceled. So massive disruption. So Let's see. The first sign that this was likely to be a massive incident came around 7.20 a.m. when the FAA sent out a tweet ordering the airlines to pause all domestic
2: parking until
3: 9.00 a.m. They sent
2: out a tweet. That's telling. This I, I hope they have yeah. a more official channel than just that.
3: They have a blue check.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's all you had to do was pay for that now. Well, that's
3: right. it. Eight, eight bucks and you're in.
0: Eight bucks. Uh, to allow the agency to validate the integrity of flight and safety information as it worked to restore the NOTAM system, all flights already in the sky were safe to land, the FAA said. Uh, let's see, as a let's see, pilots check the NOTAM system before they fly. A notice to air missions alert pilots about closed runways, equipment outages, and other potential hazards along a flight route or at a location that it could affect the flight. Uh, let's see. Today's FAA catastrophic system failure is a clear sign that America's transportation network desperately needs significant upgrades. Um, Americans deserve an end to end travel experience that is seamless and secure, and our nation's economy depends on a best in class air travel system, something that has not been provided for the last several months.
3: So. <laughs> uh, cynical new yorker that i am i'm thinking no this this would be this would be even over the top for uh, the faa to set this up right during you know right prior to the uh 2023 uh, FAA <laughs> reauthorization.
2: reauthorization act <laughs> yeah. oh we need more money look what will happen <laughs> if you don't fund us better <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes that's the only way you get the money you need
0: all right so yeah big uh, big to do today with the FAA. Um I'm sure they're they got a little bit of egg on their face with this one and uh hopefully they work to uh ensure this doesn't happen again. So um next up in the news is the FCC releases a proposed rule to give drones more spectrum access. This is a several well, is it 100 and no, 114
3: pages. Okay. 114 I still need to page. read all
2: 114 of those pages. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting there. I haven't, you know, I haven't gotten there yet, but uh, the
0: FCC proposed new rules on Wednesday that would improve wireless communications on unmanned aircraft systems by allowing access to the 5 gigahertz band. Building off a 2020 report advocating for UAS access to the five, uh, 5030 through 5091 megahertz license spectrum, FCC officials look to bolster the capabilities of UAS in critical missions, including disaster relief and consumer uses. Um, it's past time that we assess the availability of wireless communication resources for the increasingly important remote pilot-piloted uh, aircraft activity we rely on today. FCC Chairwoman Jessica Rosenworcel said uh, Wednesday in a statement, the FCC must ensure that our spectrum rules meet the current and future spectrum needs of evolving technologies, such as unmanned aircraft systems, which can be critical to disaster recovery first responder rescue efforts and wildfire management. Um, FCC officials are looking for input on the safety measures that may be necessary to help UAS operate uh, across flexible use wireless networks The agency is also requesting comments on ensuring flexible use. Spectrum bands could support aerial drones and devices as well as terrestrial operations without interference. Let's see. The rule additionally requires that UAS operators obtain a formal license to ensure compliance with uh, current airspace law. This would further permit operators to communicate with air traffic control and other aircraft within the spectrum band. So let me pause here for a second. So the FAA says don't communicate with air traffic control. And then the FCC says, communicate with air traffic control. Which is it?
3: Well, we've, got, just... we've had numerous um, uh, DAC and uh recommendations that were accepted by the FAA, which were that uh, we desperately want uh, UAS pilots to be able to talk to aircraft. We did not. Mm-hmm. And we were explicit that we do not want to talk to air traffic control. And uh, members on the various uh, committees representing, I mean, they were, their um, ACTA uh, members, so union members of the air traffic control management organization, they're of the same mind. They would love to have uh, UAS pilots talk to crewed uh, aircraft. They do not want a, a required data flow of uh, chatter coming in from UAS pilots. They mm-hmm. would like to be able to talk to them in a in an emergency, and this would be beneficial.
0: So interesting. So what's um, what's,
3: also, what's very very curious is they just lobbed that. So a couple of comments on the whole FCC thing. If you're if can can I jump in or yeah, did you want ahead. to say more? No, no. Go ahead. So. The one is that they most of this has to do with C2 or command and control that they dropped in communications is like where where did that come from I mean very it's great that it did but uh, and on the same spectrum question so there so far I've identified three major areas of this and I think you uh, picked up on two of the three Josh one is that it's allocated spectrum great mm-hmm. so this is 10 years. Reminds me of a gross point uh, blank. Ten years! Uh, so it really has been that long that they've been uh, asked to work on this. And of course, this was in the um, uh, FAA Reauthorization Act of 2018. It's Section 374, where the FCC was told to work with the FAA and the NTIA to fix this and create allocated spectrum. So that's great. What's interesting is every time you see a reference to the 5 gigahertz uh, band, there's no reference to 900 megahertz. So the 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 Congressional. Did they? Oh, good. Yeah, I've I've not touched that.
0: Interference with other networks is the primary concern for permitting UAS access to the spectrum band, particularly with increased business and consumer needs. The congressionally mandated report supported access to the 5030 through 5091 megahertz band and raised concerns. Over the pro proposed access to the nine sixty to eleven sixty four megahertz band,
3: right. So there most definitely were concerns, but there are concerns on the five gigahertz as well. Mm-hmm. But the you know so I'm I'm nervous that what we might see is an elimination of uh, the availability of the nine hundred uh, megahertz uh, range, and so uh, that's what Crossfire uses uh, predominantly mm-hmm. for their long range stuff. Yeah, uh, so. The next is you need a license for this. So that's bizarro um, in the sense that today, if you fly a private aircraft, you can just check a box and use a a radio in your aircraft, and you do not require an FCC license. So the fact that you now, that the FCC wants UAS pilots and operators to get a a license is like that, I have an issue with.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. The third and most significant and worrisome piece of this is shared spectrum. And so there were enormous issues with this. So the FCC, over the last couple of years, has been auctioning off uh, chunks of spectrum for billions of dollars. And the concept is, well, if we allocate spectrum to UAS, maybe we can share it with cell phones. And so that you know, the UAS can just release the spectrum if they need it. If we're hitting a uh, a capacity situation, because you know they're just aircraft, right? I mean, seriously, this is what would, what the proposal was several years ago. They're just aircraft; so, they'll
2: just drop out of the sky and land on people. No big deal.
3: No, no problem. So <laughs> I don't think there's a, a mechanism, but this uh, NPRM most definitely does talk about shared uh, sharing spectrum. So we'll go we'll go back. So we. It's probable that we will ask folks to respond to this NPRM, and it'll mm-hmm. same rules of uh, be uh, professional, polite, and productive. And you know, we cannot copy and paste on an NPRM because that uh, that just reduces the multiple counts to a single count. So mm-hmm. we'll want uh, we may provide some recommendations awesome. and ask folks to uh, uh, to add in uh, comments. I, I think this one could be very serious. So and Alex kind of brings up fifty thirty
0: through fifty ninety one is barely enough for two pilots FPV feeds. This is not for video transmission. This is command and control. So this is for um, actual control of the aircraft at that level. So
2: well, it, it's probably for the Amazons and wings and uh, delivery drones to be able to talk back to their headquarters halfway across the state. That's that's what it's yeah. For. Keep in mind this also a...
1: I wouldn't want to use yeah. I also wouldn't want to use five gigahertz for control link either.
0: Yeah, well, I'd rather i rather mean,
1: lower frequency. Keep in mind that this is probably
0: going to be operate like they're they're setting aside this chunk, and this is just my theory uh, for cell phone networks towers uh, mm-hmm. to create that network of command control over distance, as opposed to an individual with a, a you know a transmitter in their hands. Kind of. Thing.
3: No, this is wireless. This is wireless spectrum and this is command this is command and control 5 gigahertz
0: oh goodness
3: yeah well i mean <laughs> so each their own i guess So much for yeah so so, so this is so as as folks are uh you know coming on and uh, learning about what we do at uh, FPVFC and uh we're digging into frees and stuff like that uh we'd spend a lot of time on NPRMs and uh uh, trying to understand proposed rulemaking—that uh, this is uh, central. What's also interesting is, I um, I dug out the tasking group six uh, uh, subgroup on spectrum that I led, and so that we wrote a whole document and a series of recommendations uh, to the FAA. Now there were. There were people who were so smart on uh, radio frequency transmission that I was able to pull together and create a coherent story and set of messages. This is not my area of expertise, and further, there were. This was just one of the first uh, DAC uh, tasking groups I worked on. The, The FAA got together a group of stakeholders, and they they received nine written comments from serious companies, uh, General Atomics, RTCA, uh, Boeing, etc. And they did not want to share these comments with anyone. So I I was able to find the names of the people who submitted, and we tracked down, I think, eight of the nine we were able to receive. So we've got comments on this work from two years ago. So we've got great background uh, and good contacts. So we'll hopefully see uh, from around the industry, what's the take as opposed to uh, just being able to try to trying to discern what's what in the NPRM ourselves?
2: Yeah, who knows? Maybe so this is you... the FAA just saying or FCC saying, all right, fine. Here's your spectrum. Um, hope you're happy. And then when there's everybody complaining, it's like, well, what do you mean? We, you asked for spectrum? We gave it to you. That's <laughs> I mean, right. If it's yeah. worthless and what's, useless for What's the for issue? The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. not my problem. She <laughs> wanted spectrum.
3: Yeah, so we'll, so this one is worrisome, but uh, we'll see how this goes from, and we'll see also uh, what some really smart people in this space, uh, what their reaction is.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if the, will the comments be public like they were on the remote ID? Or is it that normal? Well, every comment on, on an that's NPRM
1: that's should thing. be public on the yeah. federal register.
3: Right, should, yeah. This is a formal NPRM, they, they should be public. All right, so this comes
0: out of my home state and uh, actually same local area as myself, so do it somewhere else. Glendale, Arizona residents asking Walmart to stop drone delivery service. So uh, this is just a couple miles north of me, um, but people in a peaceful area off 59th Avenue and Bell Road were in for a rude awakening when they saw Walmart begin testing their large delivery drones.
3: So you're not Residents... buzzing the you're not buzzing the homes there uh, with the FPV to no. just uh, stir things up a little. Bit. No, not
1: at all. <laughs> <laughs> Residents say
0: uh, it sounded like a helicopter flying directly above their homes. It sounds like a hornet's nest that's been kicked up. Said Mike Baxter, who lived in the neighborhood for five years. The drone, spanning multiple feet in diameter, can deliver items weighing ten pounds in thirty minutes. I'm not against drones, but do it somewhere else. It's not a necessary service here. Bimby. Baxter says he moved here for privacy and quiet. Now he says both
2: those things are being violated. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah, sure the was... delivery drones are really invading your privacy all that much, but the quiet, for sure. Yeah, no, nah, I mean,
0: yeah. Adam Johnson, another home said homeowner, says the noise is alarming, but more concerning is the lack of regulations and laws for delivery drones in neighborhoods. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I read that and I was like, oh yeah, we need more regulations.
0: I really think before this comes, some sort of a pervasive technology that there need to be parameters in place to protect those kinds of concerns.
2: <laughs> uh there are? <laughs> I know, right?
0: Uh so, you... so uh they reached out to Walmart about the concerns and received the following statement. We care deeply about the communities we serve and are always appreciative to hear feedback. Customer safety and pri- privacy is a top priority and we'll continue to work with community members to ensure our delivery methods are consistent with their needs and desires.
2: <laughs> yeah, so, their needs or and or desires not. are not drone deliveries. They are not needed or desired <laughs> or necessary. Uh, so
1: where where's a Walmart on TGE 15? <laughs> So
0: their their drone partner, DroneUp, also sent this statement: "We're committed to working with each and every community in which we operate to help people understand not only the value these drones provide, but to answer any and all questions that people have about this innovative technology."
3: Yeah, we see we see DroneUp. They're uh, the big uh, one of the big Walmart partners mm-hmm. on the uh, drone safety team, and uh, our good friend uh, Andy Thurling has uh, transferred from he's left New Air and joined uh, DroneUp so he's uh, uh we see him uh, uh working with us uh, there but I, I agree with alex there's uh, there is uh, i don't believe any visibility of uh DroneUp or Walmart on any of the uh, DAC work that uh, that we've been involved in for the last couple of years yet yet Walmart has a an area Staked out in Arkansas, that is almost the entire state. So a little bit of pull from Bentonville. Oh yeah,
0: 100%. <laughs> Walmart employs so many people; it's ridiculous. I think there, at least last time I checked, it was like 2.1 million people worldwide. And uh, the funny fact about Walmart here's the here's the funny fact: is if Walmart were to say, "Yeah, we're done, we quit." we're going out of business not just the 2.1 million actual workers for them but all the vendors that supply them goods would go under
3: i mean it would be a a crash of a world economy
0: (laughs) almost i mean it's they're that big of a company it's yeah
3: it would be a measurable effect to the uh, gdp of the united states
0: yeah and abroad too i mean yep. so interesting interesting subjects so All right, Uh, Apple Watch attached to a a drone helps detect gunshots. Um, Norwegian software Triangula has come up with a novel way to detect the position of gunshots using the unlikely combination of a drone and an Apple Watch Ultra. In a post on LinkedIn, Triangula's chief commercial officer, Marius Marentz posted a photo of an Apple Watch Ultra attached to a drone using nothing more than the standard Apple Watch band. In the post, Marin said, "We can use an Apple Watch as a sensor in our gunshot detection system. Today, we mounted an Apple Watch Ultra on a drone. This is so cool." Triangular's technology relies on the sensors in mobile phones to help detect and position gunshots made by small firearms, with a little help from some AI. It's
3: a so, system that yeah this this is not yeah. new technology. What were you <laughs> thinking, Alex?
1: I was thinking if the a technology like, like an Apple Watch is so saturated in the people already, what's the point of adding another one on a drone if they can just have it on everyone else's watch?
2: Have everybody well, who's carrying I mean, one right now a... just be part exactly. of the system.
1: It's it's just sort of the that's way that's probably an f- easier way to network it. Basically than the way put it on or... a drone.
0: You're not wrong. But uh, so it relies oh. on the, the, the sensors in the mobile phones to help detect. Um, it uh Uh, so it requires their scout app installed to work. Um, and it has to be set up in as, you know, a triangula. It's a triangle, um, to triangulate the actual source. So usually this would be done with three drones. Um, it goes on, but
1: interesting tech, right? Interesting use of tech. Just seems like someone's like, Ooh, let's slap this on a drone. See what happens. Yeah. It could be slightly. that's, That's all
2: that pops into my mind. It could right. be slightly useful in went, a more, more mobile sense, like you send a handful of these into a specific location to help you really dial in right. because something's happening in that one spot right. Right. where hopefully there are no way. people getting shots. So.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Because they've they've been using this uh, technology to locate gunshots um, in cities for at least 10 years. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so yes, meet, it's the laser drone. So China has, uh, this comes out of China, that they claim that they have a drone that can stay airborne forever, uh, utilizing uh, lasers to keep the batteries charged. Um, A team of researchers from Northwestern Polytechnical University located in China, and according to reports, the team has designed a drone that uses high-energy laser systems to continuously charge its batteries. Engineers outfitted the drones with a photoelectric conversion module, which converts light energy into electricity that is then fed into the drone's battery pack. Um, Typically, laser systems are used to zap drones out of the air, but this system would essentially be the opposite as laser systems would be able to lock onto the drone and keep it charged from great distance. Um, In order to put the drone and laser systems to the test, the team of researchers developed an algorithm specifically designed to track the drone, Um, And uh, the team reported that the laser system was able to effectively track the drone across various environments, lighting conditions, and weather conditions. Um, And then they also use a system to dynamically uh, change the laser intensity based on distance from the drone. um, Increasing uh, the intensity of the laser the further it's out and decreasing it uh, the closer it's in. So pretty interesting.
3: Alex, do you have any ideas? What idea happens of... if I block it? Ooh, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you're charging be a fair the battery amount battery of energy. Skills. Theoretically, the energy would—I mean, you'd still have battery power for
1: the. Well, for the after the a while, the battery chemistry is going to be shot. Right. After and chemistry then. Chemistry charging? And then, how's this? How's the system going to handle all those vibrations? Because that's a lot of fatigue and mm-hmm. cyclical loading.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I, I agree with me, it might be using uh capacitors mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. To store energy. Those are a little bit more resilient.
3: But um, what were you
1: gonna add, Dave?
3: I was wondering if what's the analogous to line loss in something like a laser? I even if they're mm-hmm. changing the amount of power based on distance, then it is something yeah. analogous to line loss.
2: What happens if it gets foggy? Don't. <laughs> Too many <laughs> birds
3: fly between. <laughs>
0: Burn the fog with the laser.
1: (laughs) So you're going to blind the whole population. So it says, uh, if it does say that uh,
0: they additionally tested included, or sorry, additionally the tested system included automatic dynamic laser intensity tuning, which was successful increasing and decreasing the laser intensity based on proximity. And then, uh, let's see. Furthermore, the team behind the project reveals uh, reported details of a protection algorithm that is designed to ach- adjust the laser beam's intensity when an object gets in the path of the laser. So no like, blind birds, hopefully. Yeah.
3: To, or to or to XJ's point, uh, the cockpit of a crewed aircraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> let's see. This just in: a flock of blind
0: birds just scratch it to the Empire State <laughs>
3: Yeah, we're a little sensitive (laughs) on things crashing into buildings in New York.
0: (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
3: All right. Uh, So we've got uh,
0: this is kind of weird. It doesn't give a whole lot of information, but uh, Mississippi State University uh, has been tapped to lead a a major uncrewed aircraft systems research, testing, and evaluation project on behalf. Of the u.s department of homeland security um the wording it uses in here is a little strange but let's see uh homeland security office of procurement operations on behalf of the dhs science and technology directorate has awarded msu a five-year contract with a funding ceiling of 18.7 million uh, including approximately 4 million funding awarded fiscal year 2022 Um. The RASPIT Flight Research Laboratory will spearhead the effort. Under the new contract with DHS, MSU will continue to scout, evaluate, and test emerging UAS technologies. MSU has also been tasked with developing a cost-effective prototype UAS that is customized specifically for DHS needs and incorporates capabilities beyond what is currently available. Like what? (laughs) <laughs> I'm curious on that, yeah, blah, that blah, wording blah, right blah, blah, there. blah.
3: Yeah, there's no there's no content in there. It was yeah that was word salad.
0: But it's just like, okay, so what capabilities 20, are yeah. you looking for?
3: Twenty-two what, million dollars curious? for something. Hey, the interesting news is it didn't go to Embry Riddle. Right. We gotta so who's the who are the senators from Alabama? I mean that's so you know,
1: twenty twenty two million Kind of a nothing burger, but years.
3: just
0: strange wording on like I mean, there's a lot of capabilities on drones. So, what exactly are you looking for? (laughs) I'm I'm questioning that. (laughs) So, Hmm. anywho, uh, and then last but not least, and I'm trying to, I don't know anything about this one, Dave. You probably have to take this one, but uh, safety Uh, management. This this really
3: so this we'll read more about. Um we We didn't have to dig into this, but I'm really nervous about this because this says that uh, so s m s the safety management system is uh the all knowing uh dancing bear in crude aircraft for safety management, and so it's tomes of uh, uh of procedures and things that keep uh aircraft safe, and that's a good thing the the challenge and we had we we went over this in a in the safety culture uh DAC and uh, including the now chair of the AAAC uh Houston Mills we all agreed one size does not fit all and everyone was adamant that yep SMS is good for heavy heavy lifters that are 150 miles out beyond visual line of sight but for a toy It's a ridiculous requirement to put something as heavy as SMS with logs and education and uh, audits, etc. This document appears to say we're going to extend SMS, uh, all of the bureaucracy associated with it, to aircraft manufacturers. So that, to me, means that includes... S U A S manufacturers. So because
2: drones uh, are aircraft, so any rule exactly, that applies to aircraft therefore apply to drones.
3: Exactly. So, so this
0: article know. is saying specifically. It also
1: depends.
0: Boeing, Bell, Pratt and Whitney, and Sikorsky are among the manufacturers affected by the new rule that have approved programs.
1: So the other thing. So every. When the FA mentions aircraft, it doesn't always necessarily include UAS because uh, one of the other uh, proposals I saw was an extension for aircraft registration to seven years from three years, and I thought it included UAS, but uh, further looking into it, it seemed as it didn't include UAS and it was for full normal full scale aircraft and not UAS. So there's a decent chance that that didn't um that doesn't include uas well,
2: it's, it's probably not intended to apply but or
1: types but it doesn't include type certified aircraft which there are type certified uas for certain operations
2: absolutely
3: bv loss and you know any significant bv loss uh, aircraft is going to be type cert so, <clears throat> so it's not going to surprise me if uh if they draw the line, if it uh, if an aircraft or a UAS has to be type certified, then it's going to have to go through SMS. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you're on a good point, and given uh, the what has happened uh, in remote ID, that we really cannot trust what the FAA says unless it's in writing. You know, this is a point to uh, to follow up on, and we'll so we'll follow up and we'll see what uh, what happens.
0: So just in a quick control F search, nothing UAS, UAV, unmanned, um, any of those terms are popping up in here. So
3: right.
0: just have uh
3: And uh, Bruce is asking, of course, uh, recreational BV loss is exempt. And I think he's he's making a joke there, but um, uh, BV loss is not being considered for recreational, uh, but... Uh, Of course, standard remote ID is uh, targeting recreational, however, a home-built does not have uh, the manufacturer requirements, Uh, so uh, a huge chunk of recreational could uh, get around or would not be subject to uh, this uh, aircraft manufacturer requirement with SMS. Well, I, I mean, it does for commercial, for sure yes
1: absolutely which,
0: uh, yeah
1: for carrier so drone delivery would be included in that
0: mm-hmm.
1: yep 100 oh.
0: yeah. all right so that's all i have this evening dave you want to kick us off on some fria
3: there yeah before we get to free just a quick um plug for our friends at and i mean uh, i mean that sincerely our uh, drone uh, dot org. this is an organization uh, that uh, Charles Warner and a couple of uh, individuals started about three to four years ago. I think there were over 8,500 uh, individuals now or corporations around the world that participate in this. And this is a, an organization that benefits uh, public safety, uh, drone operators, pilots, uh, fleets, management, etc. And uh, they have a close uh, relationship between the FAA and public safety. And largely, this is good. Um, What's a little trou- the only troublesome thing I sat in on a they you can sign on to droneresponders.org and sign up for their webinars seminars and uh, they had four FAA individuals on the call which is great they were knowledgeable and they were falling all over themselves offering to come out and travel to any event that was happening uh, for public safety and as the uh, the other guys in uh, on, on the screen know for us to get someone from the FAA to come to a recreational event uh, it's uh, very difficult and it's you know maybe one maybe one a year and oh geez so this 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 is a large group and uh, what they're also talking about is uh, the LEAP team law, uh, law enforcement assistance program it's staffed yeah. by 25 FAA people so yeah. The, uh, the focus on uh, public safety is huge and uh, uh, dwarfs uh, anything uh, that's going on for recreational. And, of course, recreational is uh, a multiple of uh, uh, public safety. So I get the importance. I understand that. It's great that uh, there's a great relationship. Kudos to uh, Charles Werner and the rest of the DroneResponders.org team. They've done a fantastic job. Of providing a link from the FAA and providing information out to safety across the country. So interesting, uh, the way that the FAA is viewing the world. Uh, as I said, props to uh, to Charles and the drone responders, uh, folks. Free it's the
0: uh, LinkedIn article. Uh, is it Lexi Lexi Jansen? She yes joined, yes, uh, yes yes.
3: Women in uh, drones.
1: That's one. Uh, or, Yeah, what's
0: it called, Alex?
1: Or Jetson, something like that. Jetson,
3: yeah. So yeah, she's
0: going to be flying uh, a manned quadcopter as a test pilot, it seems like.
3: Which a, is... Or a racer. Yeah, I think in, uh, where is she working? Was it in, no, it's called Jetson. Yeah, oh. it's
1: a different company than the first one that she was at. Or I think she's oh. still with the first one. I think she's just adding this one. Okay. Yeah, Great. the Jetson 1. An ultralight or considered one, very cool. Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah, here's the official launch. Let's see here. Let's see if I can do, oh of
3: course, ultralight freedom. Okay, um, Freya. So, the uh, we are working closely with the FTCA. Uh, great bunch of FTCA uh, individuals. Is, who? is the thank you, thank you, Dan. <laughs> I appreciate it. Is the uh, and yeah, I got dinged for that uh, pretty good on uh, on a Bardwell video, and that's uh, absolutely uh, fair. Uh,
2: I, I speak in
3: uh, abbreviations Acronums. and acronyms. Yeah. Um, you,
2: I think you did pretty well in that the, video, but it, sometimes you could have said uh, the entire acronym, but it got edited for time. <laughs> You know, you, you yeah. mentioned it in a different part of the video that did end up in order, but anyway. Uh, so
3: FTCA Flight Test Community Association. So this is the uh, uh, the CBO part of the flight test uh, companies, plural. Um, the they put out a, a great video, and it was uh, copied here, I think, in the general uh, channel, and it it gave a good status of uh, where we are at as a, a series of CBOs. Um, and uh, where we are at is uh, the FAA has opened up uh, applications to FRIAs, um, and I I assert that that was a mistake because the system is not ready. Uh, it, it Anyone can uh, submit an application, and that's not how it's supposed to work.
2: Yeah, so, so do we want to mention how much so we're trying to contact the right people within the FAA to ask them, how is this supposed to work? Cause it doesn't seem to be working the way we expected it to. And when we brought to their attention how it currently appears to be working, they said, we're gonna have to look into that and get back to you on it. Kind of giving me the feeling that maybe it's not currently functioning how they uh, had planned for it to work. <laughs> right. And
3: part of, the, part of the challenge here is so, when, as we were were applying uh, for the CBO uh, recognition, we dealt with one team. And then we have were of concerns with Freya, and that's another team. And then we're we're describing to them that they probably have a website issue, and that's another team. So this is pretty normal for us that this is how the the FAA works in highly matrixed, highly siloed. Structures, so we will persist. And as I said, we're working with the um, Flight Test Community Association. We're working to set up a discussion with the FAA, and and we keep telling them we're really not trying to whine or complain. We really want this in place because if you start to there's a 90 day service level agreement of that the FAA will respond, not nail down a FRIA, but they'll respond to your application in 90 days. So, you know, roll back from September, oh, that's June. So that means we want a lot of these in and done by June. Here we are, you know, it's um, mid-January. Got to get cracking. Got to get this process working. And I'm nervous that it's not going to be functional until the spring. That's my, you know, just mm-hmm. the rate and pace of the way things go uh, with, the, with the FAA. Yeah, but we, we will... Uh,
2: we should mention just exactly how it appears to be working right now. So the FAA said FRIAs can only be applied for by a community-based organization like the FPV Freedom Coalition. But today, any of you who have a DroneZone account can go into your DroneZone account, add the FRIA application, whatever they call that widget thing to your your page, and you can fill out an application for a FRIA, And then you can select the CBO you're applying this under, and then it apparently goes off to the FAA for approval. Now that doesn't show up under our, our CBO community-based organizations dashboard with the FAA anywhere. There's no process for the CBO to be involved in this at all. That just doesn't seem like how the rule sounds like it's supposed to work. Right. So we are. Um, uh, with, uh,
3: the Dan's great background in IT, we will uh, get through this from a perspective of doing it intelligently, securely, respecting private inform- uh, information, uh, and we hope that, uh, there is a single repository for the information, and that should be a, uh, uh, an FAA server immediately adjacent to the uh, NOTUM server, I hope. Air, ga- air gapped, I'm hoping. Um, too soon, I know. Plus, well, the
2: NOTUM servers was an <laughs> 80s system. This got to be at least a 90s system that they're doing the, the three is in. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. At least only 20 years old. Um, so uh, w- we're on it. We're working with the FTCA. Um, I've also saw. I think that the the AMA said that they are uh, accepting uh, applications, and so People haven't processed them. The, but yeah, they so, haven't started processing. Yeah, they they said, "Oh, the the FAA has accepted applications, but has not started processing them." I, I'm not sure about that, and so it would not surprise me if we had to tell people so you put a an application in yeah we're going to need to redo it that's that would not surprise me even a little so yeah you know, my you know our thought is we know what the information is that's required and that's what uh, lee archer's uh uh video spent a fair amount of time uh, about and that that I thought was very sensible so start gathering the information and we can uh you know, go to detail on that as well and it, it's in uh, advisory circular 89-3 or Lee's video, or we can enumerate it as well. It's mm-hmm. common sense, right? Boundaries, you know, do you have access? Do you have permission to the, uh, to the property? Think about overflight. Uh, this is more an a, um, fixed wing, uh, RC, uh, issue than it is for, uh, flying, uh, FPV. Uh, but it's, uh, we can we can put that together, but it is as I say, it's common sense and it's available uh, via the AC or in Lee's video. That's all I had on Fries for the moment.
2: All right. Anything, Alex, you got anything interesting on tasking groups this week?
3: Well, we're jumping. It's. Uh, I think we're going to going to my my New York. I think we're gonna. You know, I <laughs> think we're going to make the March date. Uh, so We're both on both, on both tasking groups uh, have
2: there. a deadline of March, which is the next uh, AAAC the next, meeting. Triple uh, That's
3: correct. Yeah. So uh, I'm targeting a lot of work being done in end of January. Um, good contributions, good discussions. Uh, I think so. I, th- I think it could be useful to the FAA. And uh, we've started up a an EV law or so. Uh, extended visual line of sight uh, subgroup in tasking group 15, which has to do with what can industry do to help accelerate the promulgation of BV laws, uh rules, which were stated in the B Beyond Visual uh, Line uh, of Sight aviation, aviation Rule commit, uh, Committee. committee, yeah. Yeah, that was 14. So uh, that's so 14, Alex. 14, that's, 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 that's 14. My apologies. Okay. You're absolutely right. So we've got a, a, a subgroup going on that. And this is uh, has everything to do with um, uh, low, low altitude flight, shielded operations. Um, it's exactly and, the kind of thing
2: we would love to have for recreational FPV flight would be, yes, right. you're behind your goggles. You're still flying around trees. You're out of direct visual line of sight, but you're close to yourself. It's not like long range package delivery beyond visual line of sight. This is local. It's not like it hasn't been done before. It's been done every day with no injury, <laughs> I mean, no problems. So it really shouldn't be that big of a deal for it to exist for us to use.
3: All right. On a related topic to shielded operations, I knew there was something I also wanted to mention on the uh, drone from the drone responders uh, web, web, webinar. Michael O'Shea, the FAA, said we're working on masking, and so masking is akin to it's, sure. not, it's not three bar equal or equivalent, but it's a, you know, it's re- related to related to shielded operations. So Michael O'Shea FAA we're working on this this will be 107 we're excited about it you know we'll have it pretty soon hmm. soon so 5 years from now yeah well it's you know <laughs> they're they're fixing to work on it <laughs> Maybe four so, and a half, if you're lucky. Right. And uh, I bring that up because oh, I we still have yet to hear back from uh, Kevin Morris, who said in an Alien uh, Drones interview, shielded operations, not going to happen. And we, we honestly feel that that's not the case. There's uh, the FAA spent $300,000 out with uh, Shure Universities to study the veracity of it. Uh, and we know that the, their rulemaking is working. Uh, their rulemaking organization is discussing it. It was a significant part of the recommendations in the Beyond Visual Line of Sight Aviation Rulemaking Committee, and now we see that the uh, the, organ- the group of people who are working closely with uh, public safety are also involved in it. So that's a lot of triangulation to, Mm -hmm. and, and I've spoken to the assistant, to the executive director who said, yes, you know, we're absolutely working on it. So that's like five points of triangulation. So (laughs) I'm convinced that that's, you know, it, something might happen. And, you know, there's, there's positive, you know, it's a positive vector in that direction. Interesting.
0: All right, Alex, you got anything
3: for us? Anything going on? Mm -hmm. Racing, racing schedules dropped. Well, or that's been out about, for a while. I know. I'm helping. <laughs> I'm helping here. How about yeah. uh, cor- how about courses or uh, tiny whoop races? Uh,
1: I haven't done any. Uh, there's a couple tiny whoop races. A couple months There's a tiny whoop race about there's a month out, but
3: there's a big one coming up in uh, uh, this month in Arizona, isn't there? There's whoop-
1: the Whoop-topia, Whooptopia stuff. I don't really pay too much attention to that. <laughs> Uh, I know. I'm not, I know. Mean, it's, it's little I don't, stuff. I don't pay yeah, I'm not too involved with the tiny whoop stuff. Uh, uh, I got one, but I don't stay too involved with it. I prefer the five inch and uh, speed and outdoors.
3: Yes. I can I can relate. Plus the uh the, the whoops that I have had in the past, the graphics was was underscore was awful. Now I have an HD zero whoop. The graphics are amazing. Nice.
2: Cool. Dan, you got anything for us this evening to wrap us up? No, I think we covered everything I wanted to make sure we talked about in this meeting. Um, I would like to give everybody in our Discord server or everybody else who's watching on YouTube, which has a much higher viewer count than we usually get over there, um, giving yes. you guys a chance to ask questions. Is there anything we didn't cover? Is there something we should be covering? Is there something we can answer Great. now? if not uh definitely feel free to ask us anytime and we'll we'll do our yeah. best to get back to you absolutely
0: what's the capital of peru i'd
2: have to google that yeah <laughs> we could probably help you out there XJet, but preferably the questions are more related to fpv and faa regulations but you know <laughs> Peru is important too. It's Peru, like you know,
3: <laughs> I w- I went into uh, into a physician's office and you have to fill out these forms and it says, uh, "What's your complaint?" and I said, uh, "Climate change." You know, so... <laughs>
0: In case anybody's wondering, I looked it up. It's Lima. I should have known that.
2: <laughs> the letter P is oh. also the capital of Peru. Yes. Ah. Mike FPV. all right so
0: mike fpv mike. says i just joined and i'd like to get more involved who do i reach out to
3: sounded to me yep uh
2: if uh, you absolutely. haven't there is a volunteer form on our website uh, you could try filling out which somebody just did today and i don't know if that was yes, you or somebody else but
0: this is no dave, that was dave in honolulu that sent that okay maybe it's mike dave fpv in honolulu <laughs> I see, did fill it out last week. Okay, we'll look for it. I
2: I didn't, I got the one from today, but I'm not sure I got one from before that. Let me look. Otherwise, definitely reach out directly to Dave Messina. His email address is on our website uh, if you don't get a response from us. Or yeah, it's posted right there in our chat too. Let's
0: see. Form submission.
2: Wait. I think, I think zero think two is talking about a previous thread from earlier today. He's not in mm-hmm. the, the live chat. Okay, thank you. Any
3: other questions from on the YouTube side? Um I don't no.
2: see anything for us to answer right. there.
1: All right. Well, with that,
0: hey, I will X-Jet, at least
3: at least it's on the wall of the uh, of the diner. I, I appreciate Which that you wall? said it's on the wall. You know, it's in the kitchen, or it's in it's in it's, uh, in, it's out in the dining room. Thank you, and we'll leave <laughs> it at that. <laughs> you it just have it was...
1: all over your background.
3: These East like... Coasters <laughs> are
0: always yeah. happy when yeah. you say the word diner too. So. Diner. Yeah, we're going to a diner.
3: Yeah. after, uh, after drinks, we're gonna go to a diner. All
0: right. All (laughs) right. With that, guys, have a great uh, couple of weeks. We'll see you in two. And uh, yeah, have fun flying, guys. Thank you
3: very much. Take care.